Are you about to cry? Oh, no. I'm just embracing you now. You know, I was just emotional. Okay, let's move on. Oh man. Yo, hi guys, hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, we're back, we're back with episode. <laughs> <laughs> what number is this? <laughs> this is episode number seven, guys. Episode, no, it's eight. We dropped seven last time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just never know, like, he be saying, okay, we're at the second to last episode of the season. And yes. this one is extremely special. But before I even start to introduce our special guest, let's hit them with the uh, precept. What the is... precept, yes. The precept from the famous Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. Um, so it goes like this. Your story is what you have. Amen. What you will always have. Mm-hmm. It is something to own. Yes. Yes. Something to own. And today we have uh, two special guests that's going to... Um, share their own their own stories. Their own stories. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So um, we have special guests. We have Kelly Nicholas. Yes, Kelly. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Stacy Ado. Yes. Hi. <laughs> These are our sweet, sweet friends. We met in college, and we love them dearly. So we're going to have them introduce themselves just to share a little bit of their backgrounds. Yeah, get fresh with it. How about let's go, eeny, meeny, miny, moe, uh, Stacey, let's go. <laughs> All right. Hi, everyone. I'm not sweating. Garvin's being dramatic. Um, but yeah, I'm Stacey. I met both Quinton and... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I met both Quincy and Garvin in college. Um, We've just kind of, I don't remember how I met either of them, but we just (laughs) have kind of become friends ever since. They've been good. um, I'm sorry, go ahead. (laughs) And you know what? After this podcast, I'm going to have to really reevaluate my friendships with them. (laughs) But yeah, I, we met in school. We both all, we actually all live in the same town right now. We, um, yeah, I don't know. I literally don't know how to introduce What are you myself. studying? Okay, I'm studying human resources and organizational behavior in school. I work at an after-school program. I kind of like to spend my time just hanging out with friends and riding my bike and just hanging out outdoors and just fun stuff like that. So, oh. yeah. Yeah. Riding bike? Teach me how to ride a bike. <laughs> I sure will, Garvin. <laughs> I don't know how to ride a bike. <laughs> I tried many a times. Actually, fun story. I ripped my pants trying to ri- learn how to ride a bike. And um, Mateo and <laughs> Mateo and Tyrus, oh, my friends, legit, they were trying to teach me how to ride a bike and in front of everybody. And my pants ended up ripping like in between the middle. And they was like, okay, get off the bike. And I was like, for what? And they was like, get off the bike. I'm like, why? And then like my pants, like my boxes were just like exposed. But anyways, Kelly, the Kelly Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, it's me. Oh, my gosh. How come I didn't get all that? Oh, my bad, Stacey. Stacey! (laughs) Like I said, I'm Kelly. I'm getting my master's in counseling. Master's. Yeah, something slight. slight. (laughs) Master's in counseling. I graduate in May. I work for the university. I'm not going to tell y'all which one, though. (laughs) You (laughs) worked. Um, Quincy's my neighbor. Yes. Garvin's not my neighbor, but we all live in the same <laughs> I love long walks on the beach. Oh, oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> okay, no, I don't. <laughs> you don't know all of us four are black black yeah we're back we're black we're proud and black wasn't that a great segue man (laughs) yes because today guys we're talking about 
the ode to the black girl magic. That's why we have, you know, Stacy and Kelly here today just to speak on what it, what it looks like, you know, to be a, a black woman in today's society. They're going to share their experiences, living in America, living in America and they're also going to talk about a lot of influential uh, black women in our lives yes. today. Yes. Yeah. So let's jump right into it. Stacy, Kelly, welcome to the extraordinary adventures of Crimson Guard. <laughs> Even though I've this only listened to honor. four episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, y'all. I'm listening to all of them. Yeah. Okay. So um let's just go into the first question here. So life through the the black women's lens. Obviously there's a lot to uh impact and to um, you know, um unpack. Yeah. And uh, what I said, I said impact, huh? Yes. Oopsies. And uh, you know, dissect. So, what do you guys have to? I guess, like, how do you guys? How I'm supposed to articulate this question here? Your lens. How how do you see your lens within um, American society? My lens on American society. How like we're what viewed. You? How yeah? How are you guys? Is that, is that the question on That's there? That's the question. Yeah. Yeah, that is there. Mm-hmm. How we're seen in society. I mean, it's it, it just depends on who you ask. But, I mean, stereotypically, black women are seen as aggressive, um, rude, mean, Uh, unapproachable. Unapproachable. They're seen as having a bunch of kids with no baby daddy and just willing to kind of just spread their legs for anyone. Yeah, they're not respected. They're kind of seen as caretakers Caretakers. in a lot of ways for anyone. I mean, that's kind of how they've been seen for all of our lives and way beyond that. So, I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, caretaker is huge. Um, there's this illusion of, like, that we're strong, which I, it's not necessarily an illusion, which, you know, we'll have to unpack that later, but that's another stereotype for sure. Just black women are strong, and they can handle anything, and they don't feel pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you guys ever felt that way? Any of those um type of... Yeah, in like in your personal life. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like for me, I grew up in a small town um, that's predominantly has white people in it. And so I was kind of seen as the quote unquote token black friend. Mm. And so a lot of the times if someone needed something in particular to ask me questions or something, I was always seen as the one to like come to or the one to just be like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Just take that out, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, token black friend? they can go to. Yeah, just yeah. essentially the one that they can go to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've been labeled probably most of those things. Like caretaker, I've taken care of. I mean, people come to me all the time for anything that they need. And obviously, I don't say no, so I'm going to be willing to take care of them. I've been told I'm unapproachable because of my face. I don't have a cute white girl typical face. I mean, I'm have i'm african 100 percent. my parents are from ghana and so i've seen as unapproachable because my face says i'm unapproachable i'm seen as um just aggressive and all that stuff and then the second people meet me it's a whole different story so it's essentially just reading the book by its cover when yeah. people see black women they just it's the stereotype all and that says it all yeah yeah what about you kelly <sighs> you know Tricky. Um, I guess for me, I feel like something that I used to get a lot, which I feel like people have kind of toned this down because they realize how problematic it is, is just like that I'm sassy, which it's like, am I sassy or am I being direct? (laughs) Am I being honest? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I think women are just used to using passive language and not getting to the point and being around the bush. So then I'm painted out to be someone that's just so sassy and rude, but it's like, no, I'm actually just communicating directly and I'm getting to the point. Even though that's not really acceptable in society, I'm doing it and I'm getting this backlash for it. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's probably my number one thing. But also with that being similar to Stacey of just like growing up in just middle class suburban areas and schools being like 
one of the only black kids in class sometimes and like I can remember being really excited if we had like a new black student in class I was like oh my gosh a friend (laughs) I get so excited and I'm like dang that's kind of sad but it's like no I was like finally like somebody that like looks like me and so I guess just being in those spaces I've been able to kind of navigate in between like the black community and being around like lots of like majority of white people Mm -hmm. So I know how to go in and out of both. Um, And so with that, it's just kind of like I am seen as one of the good ones because I know how to, like, go back and forth with them. Um, People feel comfortable for whatever reason. They don't feel as comfortable as I've heard some stories, but I think to an extent they're like, oh, she's a nice black girl. Mm. We can can talk to her. She's not like the others. So, Mm. yeah, so probably those things that's my experience yeah yeah how have you been able to navigate that like misconception of um the things that you've like you talked about the false assumptions um in your like friendships like in college Mm -hmm. that is like Mm -hmm. the part where like you're meeting a lot of of new people you're building friendships have how have you been able to like communicate those things in the friendships that you've had i guess like pretty much i think what you're trying to ask Mm -hmm. quincy like like, how did you, how are you guys going about, let's say, for example, you said black women are seen as, like, angry and, you know, aggressive. How has that mindset been, like, I guess, navigating through college? Like, do you find yourself having to, like, decipher when can you be yourself or maintain this professionalism? Oh, or? of course. Um, Without a doubt. Do you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, definitely. I feel like I'm always having to like shrink myself mm-hmm. essentially. So it's like, I am unafraid to speak up, but I feel like I'm made to feel as though I need to kind of like sit back and be quiet or I won't really be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in professional spaces. It's kind of like a, like I can think of so many different jobs where it's like I've had a complaint or like something is deliberately being done to me and then I like voice it and then it's kind of like dismissed or it's like, oh yeah, like we'll do something, but then nothing's ever done. And so it's just a lot of, like, having to just get over things a lot of the time. And I would say the same thing with, like, being in college. It's like, I mean, do I have to correct every single person that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, says something problematic? Like, yes, and I do that. And then it's like, oh, well, she's just kind of rude or she's just kind of whatever. But it's like, no, I'm just correcting you. You don't really like that I'm holding you accountable to what you're saying. So I guess with friendships, I mean, I feel like it's been a lot of me having to correct my friends and being unafraid to correct them and just having, like, I feel like I have to over explain myself a lot of the time because it's like people love to take things personally. And I think that they heighten a lot of like what I say because I get to the point a lot of times. And so it's more of like, I'm having to reassure people, hey, when I say this, I'm not mad at you. I'm not attacking you. I'm expressing. (laughs) You're mad at me. Yeah, you're so (laughs) mad at me. And it's like, no, I'm expressing how I feel and what's going on. And you're making this about you. And you're just acting like, oh, my gosh, like you're a victim. And so it's just been a lot of like having to have conversations with people of like, I'm going to be direct. Like that's going to be our friendship. If I can't speak into your life, then this is really not going to work. And if you can't do the same back for me, then we really can't. Like, no, I mean, it's not even like a cancel. It's like, let's be grown adults and communicate. And if we don't have a level of transparency, then we're really not going to be able to rock the rest Mm -hmm. of the way. Or just not. (laughs) We're just not going to be able to. So yeah, it's just a lot of like, I need to be able to express in all capacities and so it's like yeah if i am mad about something please don't try to tell me to calm down or like how to feel yeah like tell me how to feel or like (laughs) well you should be the bigger person whatever like just allow me a space to like feel like everybody else like everybody else i didn't think that was too much to ask but Yeah. yeah i think it's just like my friends know like where this has to be a space like open to like everything and if i feel like i'm having to shrink myself at all it's just not gonna work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not gonna when did work. you um when did you realize like you don't wanna bend almost? Like you're not going to bend. Like what was that like light bulb moment of like, hey, you know what? YOLO to all the stereotypes or the assumptions that people have about black women or about being black, I'm not going to like bend and like almost fall I'm not fall mm-hmm. into the stereotypes of like, you know, be so concerned about being seen as as that or as such. Hmm, 
that's a good question. I don't know if there is necessarily a light bulb moment. My parents were super huge on just affirming me and who I am, like, from a child. And so I feel like I've always had this energy of, like, no, like, this is who I am. I think specifically in college, um, whenever – so, I I mean – I hung out with different groups of people, but I feel like my home base was, like, black people, of course, in high school, even though we went, I grew up in, um, I went to, like, Rockwall, so predominantly white, rich, whatever, so, um, got to college, and my college plans were foiled, but anyways, I ended up (laughs) having to go to community college, and I joined the campus ministry, and it was predominantly white, there were a couple minorities, sure, but I think that was, um, then, it was like, okay, this is a lot of foolishness I'm encountering, and so it's kind of like I'm going to have to be firm in this and kind of correct these people when it comes up, or I'm going to have to shrink myself for, like, the years that I'm here and be miserable. And so it was just kind of one of those things of, like, okay, ha-ha, like, we'll laugh the first time, but, like, you're going to... get down to the nitty-gritty. Yeah, it's like you're not really respecting me, so let me teach you how to to treat me. (laughs) (laughs) Let me teach you how to treat me how to speak to me and if you can't do that like I'm just placing my boundaries here and Mm. so I mean I did get pushback for that but you know there are people that were like okay cool so yeah I think it was just kind of like a college thing when I felt like I had to when it was like I'm around people that don't understand what they're saying a lot of the time it's like I can use my energy to like teach all these people or I can communicate what I expect from them because it's like, if you don't communicate what you expect from people, then you're resenting them. So it's like, I had a choice to resent all these white people that I'm around all the time. Or I can tell y'all how to talk to me and how to treat me. Mm. Dang, that's good. Yeah. Reach it or don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least you know. At least you know. <laughs> you don't know. say it and I tell you because I told you. I told you. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I feel happy with my friends that are not black because... We have an understanding. There's no commu- There's no confusion. Like, I've already set it out. And if there is some confusion, I'm open for questions. I love questions. But <laughs> don't say it and tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I'm kind of on the opposite spectrum of Kelly. <laughs> so you're getting a little bit of both sides. Um, growing up, I didn't really grow up much around a black community. My mom and my dad both go to different churches. And my mom goes to a... Pentecostal Ghanaian church and my dad kind of just wanted to be more so Americanized and so he started off going or he took all my siblings and all of I to a just a random Baptist church um, that was also predominantly white and had all white staff and so I kind of just grew up around that my whole life um, and I've still kind of been in that and so with me I have learned how to like suppress myself and conform to just kind of what is around me and so that's why I'm typically labeled as like an Oreo or whitewashed or whatever and that I don't talk black or anything because I just kind of never had that black background to help me I guess understand my roots and so um yeah so I've always been like what I'm saying is the one that people have always come to when they have like hard questions like one time a friend came up to me and asked if she could essentially have permission to say the n-word um and another time like people just ask me like what what their thoughts or what my thoughts were on just like dating black and I'm like it's just like they I have made myself into a position where people can feel comfortable with asking me racist questions Mm. and that's just kind of how I've been for a long time um and Last year, I think, was my kind of turning point when it came to all that because I worked, um, I got moved school districts for a little bit, and I worked in a different school district, and my boss was Hispanic, and we, she just, we didn't get along for a long time. I didn't really know why because I, I was like, I mean, I know how to do my job. I, there's nothing, like, literally that I'm doing wrong, um, and so I was talking to my other coworker. And I was like, I don't know, maybe this girl might be racist, just kind of like throwing it out there. And then she told her, she told, my friend told my boss. And so I got called in and we had a very heated conversation, which is what it turned into. Um, And this lady, like I said, is Hispanic. And she told me that 
minorities can't be racist to other minorities. And I just highly disagreed with that. And she just kept coming at me with a lot of things. She told me that I was aggressive and she told me that I um, was just hostile in the work environment, which like I work with kids. And so, I mean, you kind of, you don't have to be hostile. I'm not hostile or aggressive, mm. but I mean, you have to have a voice, which she didn't. She was very quiet. Um, and I was like, listen, lady, like I'm black and I'm a woman. I'm on the bottom of the totem pole. So you literally can't tell me anything because oh, in this society, I'm seen as nothing. So that was the first time that I really ever spoke up and like had a voice and had to really like defend myself in front of another minority um, and her boss, who is a white woman. And so um, I think that's the first time that I really realized kind of like Kelly's been with her whole life where it's just like, I have to tell people kind of how to treat me like in that workplace it was there was like seven or eight staff and there was only two black women me and my other friend and she ended up getting fired for the same exact reasons why i was called into that meeting um but i'm a disciple and so i kind of just had to hold my tongue about a lot of things and just kind of apologize whereas my coworker didn't so she ended up getting fired um and so navigating the racist society that we live in as a disciple has been really hard a lot of the time because I'm like I sure yeah I want to speak up and I want to speak my mind yeah. but also I want to keep practicing and being more like Jesus and everything that I do and so it's always so just about compromise and so in that I did have to continue working with that woman um, but I made sure that she wasn't going to put me in a place that she had put me before mm. previously yeah. and so I think it took I mean I'm 23 now and that was when I was 22 years old so that's a majority of my life where I just kind of conformed just became who the people around me wanted me to be. And that's majority people of like non-colored people. Um, and so, yeah, for now, I'm just really trying to learn how to not suppress myself and try to use my voice and try to kind of like what Kelly was saying, just let people know how to treat me versus just letting myself be treated however people want them want to treat me. And so, yeah. Thank you guys for being so transparent. Oh man, yeah. Thanks for sharing all that. It's kind of weird. I kind of think of um, this one time me and my friend was talking. I mean, obviously not about me, but like, you know, it's like, <laughs> but like, no, cause like, it was like, we're talking about like, you know, race and, you know, and injustice and stuff. And uh, every, Quincy's adjusting me because I don't speak into this mic ever. Um, <laughs> and he was talking about saying, you know, I'm not sure if, I mean, because we got to give people the benefit of, of the doubt and we don't know like where their head's at when with all this stuff. But, like, he told me at the end of it, like, you're going to respect me. Like, you may not agree with me. You may be a secret racist. I mean, that's your own business. But we're going to be at, I'm going to respect you. You're going to respect me. And so I just kind of thought of that story when, um, when you said that, Stacy. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Good stuff, guys. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, y'all good. Okay. <laughs> What's next, Mbatsa? So, I know you, um, uh... This is just a personal question. So most of you guys know that I grew up in a majority black um, African country, Malawi, where like, yeah, there is injustice towards women in general, but I just never grew up in a place where like there's majority another race or something like that. Um, so my question is like, where do you think this stemmed from? Like women, black women specifically being seen as aggressive or angry um yeah this is just me for my own understanding because i didn't grow up in that kind of yes weird yeah 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 i think um when it comes to women being seen as aggressive or hostile or whatever it's because of kind of what what Kelly was talking about like for generations now women has have been seen as caretakers and so Mm -hmm. they've been seen as like literally like maids and servants in the homes quietly doing every single thing that their white care or um, masters or whatever was telling them to do and Mm. so the second that they started speaking up they've become rude Mm. and they've become aggressive and hostile just because they're finally using for their voice for the first time in hundreds of years Mm. and so i think that's like the first thing that comes to my mind when i'm just like like why else would we we be labeled as hostile and aggressive it's just because we've never used our voices before and so now that we are we're being labeled all these things. Almost that like discredit, right? Straight up, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like I could say the same exact thing as any, like, as a non-colored person would say in the same exact way, in the same exact tone. But because of my skin color, I'm going to be called aggressive, or because of my voice, or whatever. And so, 
yeah, it's just just because of they're finally speaking up. Yeah, I mean, I'd say a lot of the same things, just like definitely generational and people. Um, yeah, like what you instill in people does keep getting passed down. So mm-hmm. it's like it just hasn't left and i and it's like if you think about it it's like okay black women were leading the slaves out of slavery like underground railroad i mean we've been about this we've been doing this so it's like yeah i can see like yes we are reliable you're right and it's like that was passed down of like okay like things really are so hard but like what are you gonna do about it like we have to get it like we don't really have time to take breaks and i'm sure that our ancestors didn't have time to take breaks and have time start crying it's like what were we gonna do i mean i wasn't there but it's like if i was there was crying gonna help us get out not really so it's like we had no choice and and it's hard because it's like I don't know. I think about the oppressors, and it's like, were we really aggressive back to y'all? I mean, I, yeah, I'm like, were we? Exactly, yeah. I'm like, uh, I don't know. We weren't really allowed to talk back, but whatever. So yeah, I think it's just a lot of what people, and it, and I don't know. I guess just even thinking about like cartoons coming out like back then, and just how media. I really think it's just media and then word of mouth, definitely. Yeah. Um, being passed down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, so next, wanted to talk about like some influential black women in your life. Um, so yeah, do you have any anyone in your mind that you'd want to share? <laughs> An influential black woman in yeah. my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like me. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the influential black it woman. In my life. I mean, they're not wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, I just would have to go to the basic question and just say my mom. Mm. Um, my mom and I did not have a good relationship growing up, um, and it lasted until I moved out of the house. And I didn't move out until I was 20 years old. And so it's just been the past three years um, that I've really became to, like, really cherish and understand why she was the way she was when she was – or when we were younger. Um, mm. She's, like, so strong, so independent. She works – all day every day to provide for me and my three other siblings um she is the strongest woman of god that i've ever seen in my whole entire life and she is up early morning praying she anytime there's something going on she'll text me and be like i'm fasting until we have an answer and it's just crazy to me how much someone loves and cherishes their family and christ and literally their life revolves 100 around that and so i really just want to be more like my mom when she's older she's always been she's not like like she's always been super strict and um, just never really lenient about a lot, of, a lot of things with my siblings and I. And back when I was younger, I thought that was just because she was mean <laughs> and that she hated us. But as I've grown up, I've seen how my siblings and I and our manners and our mannerisms reflect a lot of other people. And I'm just like, I'm so grateful for my mom for like teaching me the ways um, and the things to do like in public or in private. Um, the ways that she did and so that I'm not seen as a lot of the quote-unquote stereotypes that a lot of other or that a lot of people think of black women because she raised me to be um, strong and independent and just to be able to hold my head high when I'm in when I'm out and about I'm gonna do the same thing, you know, by default, my mom, all my friends, I can't even shout everybody out, but, yeah, I guess just my mom specifically, she literally, like, her life story is just so hard, so it's like, we don't even have time to share it all, but she just comes from nothing, essentially, and so, um, she's just told me stories of just how she's had to like overcome and how she just had to like get it on her own like literally like on her own with like no help and and then like transitioning from like that lifestyle and like getting married and like learning how to like navigate like balance her independence with like being married and like learning to rely on someone and yeah she's just great she really like I've never met someone who 
knows how to be everything that we all need, like, in our family. Like, she knows how to meet each of us, so me and my brothers and my dad. Like, she knows how to meet all of us, um, and she really is, like, our rock. Like, the rest of us are <laughs> more prone to worry, I would say, but not my mom. Like, she really is always, like, like, she's willing to, like, stand in the gap, and she literally is, like, no, I don't receive that on, like, anything. And it's, like, I'm, like, I'm literally, like, I could say that I'm sick. And she's, like, yeah, no. And I'm, like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and then, yeah, like, she, she's up on these, like, 5 a.m. prayer calls, like, going to these prayer conferences and, like, all these things. And so, yeah, she just really is someone that is just literally a definition of a woman of faith. She's mm-hmm. just, just great. And she just I don't know she just endures a lot and it's like and it's like I don't know she just has a strength about her that she I don't know she just doesn't compromise it she just mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. so yeah definitely my mom yeah hey man that's good um I'll go next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what about y'all um you know I think I'm gonna of course my mom she was a very strong woman um, but I want to talk about my sister, uh, because she's like my Sweet. favorite person yeah. in the entire world. I mean, if you really know me, you know, oh, I got two sisters. I'm going to talk about both sisters. Okay. I'm talking about both of them. Cause they both, um, have taught me so much about myself and, um, it's crazy. So kind of growing up. Um, so let me tell you about these personalities first. <laughs> I have one of my older sister, Victoria. She is extremely strong. And she is, um, she's, you know, she doesn't bend to nonsense. She calls out nonsense. She's very direct. Both of my sisters are very direct. And my little sister, she's just so crazy. <laughs> she's so crazy, but she's so passionate. And, um, and I, the most beautiful thing about my little sister, I think, is how passionate she is about a lot of things. And so much so is like when she has her mind set on something, like nothing's going to shake it. And she's like, hey, either going to be for me or whatever. I'm going to leave that. And so for the birds, she always tell me for the birds. She says, she speaks so much. If I'm like, one, she's my biggest fan. Um, let me talk to my listener for a second. One, she's like so strong. She's like my biggest fan. She knows me. Man, she knows me so well. I can't lie to her ever. Um, she's like, hey, what's going on? And then like her advice can sometimes be a little cloudy because she'd be like, for the birds. So, like she'll like tell me like something. <laughs> it's like leave people but um but she is so sound for her age and um we all went through a whole lot you know just growing up like we lost our, my, our mom at a pretty young age and so um she just i don't know she's just so strong for her age i remember just like her been speaking to me during that time i'm like the older brother snot bubbles and whatnot and she was like the one telling me it's gonna be okay and um and same with my older sister. My older sister, she has been such a, like, a solid, like, she's just, like, a, like, kind of like a rock in our family. Um, you can't talk crazy about it. She's going to speak up for us. And uh, and that's just something that I really appreciate about them. And, like, the becoming, like, I think, like, I always tell my my sisters, I'm like, dang, like, at least my, like, I, tell, I tell both my sisters, I'm like, man, I'm loving the person that you're becoming. Because, like, I'm like, yo, you should really, like, and, and it's, like. Because we grow up and you kind of know, I guess it's a weird thing too, because when you're like an adult, like you just tend to get closer to your siblings. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, man, it's, it's so cool to watch and just sit back and just see them become like their own per, like their own people from like playing little toys as kids to like, you know, to like now like speaking into my life. And uh, it's, it's just been like the coolest thing to watch. I mean, Loki, they probably don't listen, listen to the podcast. They're like, they're probably, you're on episode four, Stacey, they're probably on episode two. So they're probably not going to hear this maybe like a year later. Oh, God. You talked about us on your podcast, <laughs> but um, I have so many, so many influential black women in my life. I can think of my cousins, Gigi and and Senga, and just them working hard, and my auntie Gloria, who man, she's man, that's my auntie of aunties, and she's just there's these people that taught me how how to treat women. Um, one like it's crazy because like since I grew up in a family where you can't like talk crazy, like locker room talk has just been a not a thing for me because of like the women that I kind of like grew up with it's like almost like I hear it and I'm like 
ooh, shoot, like, what the heck? In my mind, my, my mind legit goes to, dang, I got a sister that, that, can, that can be a sister, that can be a cousin, that can be, my mind just goes to, like, I can't even, like, participate most times. Most mm. times. And so, um, it just taught me how to, you know, how to speak to women, how to be brave, how to be bold, <laughs> how to, you know, you know, just, 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 they're just cool people in my life. Oh, let you in, Pazzo. All right. Um, for me, I would say my grandma. Um, so I didn't grow up with um, a mom present in my life. Um, I always would visit my mom once in a year and spend like a week or a month with her. But my grandma was there for me most of my life, like pretty much 20, 21 years of my life, I would say. Um, yeah, she's very strong. Um, I remember my grandpa lost his job and she just took on the responsibility of taking care for everyone's needs. She, yeah, she was looking through like the finances and she would make sure that I would, I would have food at school. Um, one of my favorite memories about growing up with her was she would, um, <clears throat> She would fry. She'd make fries for me, but these are not like McDonald's. These are like no, 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 no McDonald's. <laughs> no, no. She she had she had a really cool way of making them. Like she, she would like boil them for a little bit and then like fry them and put like some nice spices. And at uh, school, yeah. everybody wanted to have some of my fries, and I would trade for like um, chips. Um, so you would trade your grandma's I would trade my grandma's friend. Grandma's friend. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, my I would God. even make some money. Like people would pay Quincy. to eat some of the fries. Not not saying that I didn't enjoy my grandma's fries. It's just that people loved them that much. So I was the one. I would taste. <laughs> of course, I would taste some. Um, and yeah, she is a determined person. I remember she would always say that she wants to become a pastor and she became a pastor literally in her old age and she helps the church that I grew up in. Um, a lot of women look up to her. She, yeah, she speaks her mind and doesn't really let anyone say otherwise. Um, yeah, she prays for me, my cousins and all her children every night. Um, she sends me scripture encourages me um yeah she's like one of my biggest fans and mm. loves me so so much um when i when in a week i don't call her she calls me and wonders if everything is okay just make sure that i'm okay you know mm. so yeah she she's one of the most influential women in my life for sure that's sweet yeah. sweet <laughs> 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 Are you about to cry? I don't know. I'm just embracing you now. You know, I was just emotion. Okay. Let's move on. Oh, man. Um, it's getting misty in here. Oh, I think it's just warm, actually. It's my contacts. My contacts. That's what's happening. All right. Doing contacts. Don't right. try contacts. It burn my eyes. My eyes are burning. Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Um, not to, like, change gears, gears. But, you know. I think it's really important that we're having like these conversations and you know having you guys on the podcast just to share about your experiences. Um, I guess you know I think the black women black women usually you know have feel the need to like have to speak up for themselves a whole lot. And uh, what do you want us as like black men and just as people and men in general? Like what can we? I guess what are some practical things we can do? Um, I mean, of course you know some practical things, but this is share with the audience. What can we do? to better stick up for our black women in our lives? Yes, good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't really thought about this question much until very lately because I have a brother who is growing to be a big, strong black man. <laughs> oh, my God. And... Um, so I've just been kind of just thinking about how he is, because he lives in South Dakota. He does not live in Texas. And South Dakota, Dakota is a predominantly white um, state, and he is always texting us and just saying, like, the caucasity of these people and all this stuff, because 
he just kind of is just very uncomfortable a lot of the time. And so um, when he does run into a black brother or sister, or sister especially, I'm just wondering like how he is letting that sister know that he's like there and that they're in this together. He actually just became president of the um, African Student Association. So uh, there's that. Um, all like 26 black kids of the university that they have. But um yeah, one of the things, at least when I was in high school, was when black men would say, I don't date black women, mm-hmm. um, especially to black women's faces. Mm-hmm. And it was just very, like, it stung because it's like, you look like me and you're one of the few people who look like me. So why are you not there sticking up for me? Yeah. Um, and like, why do you, why, why is it just because of my skin color? Like, I'm not good enough for you to mm-hmm. see in a way that's more than like a friend or whatever. And so um, that, like, to me is just the biggest thing is just, like, make sure that your sisters know that you want to be a brother to them or that you are there for them or a friend or whatever they need, um, just that they're there for you. Because a lot of, like, I didn't grow up, I didn't have, like, black male friends really until college because in high school it was just very... I only date black girls and I essentially only befriend black girls. I mean, what white girls only date and befriend (laughs) white girls from the black men. And so it's just like the only male black figure in my life that I had was um, my dad and my brother. But my brother's younger than me and he kind of was the same. He dated all the white girls in college or in high school. Um, And so he kind of just kind of conformed again to what he was seeing that was going around on around him. And that's all that there was when I was in high school. And so he just kind of became that until he moved. And that's when he saw that he needed to start supporting um, his sisters that look like him. And so, um, yeah, I really just didn't know what to expect of black men because they didn't expect much of me. And so, yeah, just being aware that your sisters, like, are hurting sometimes Mm. because their black brothers just don't really care for them Mm. in a lot of ways. And so, yeah, that's what I would say. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree with a lot of what Stace is saying. I think my main thing is, I mean, and this is not all black men, so don't even give me the all black men (laughs) thing. But I don't, I I mean, I need y'all to like show up. It's like black women are the ones out at the protests. Black mm. women are the ones organizing things. Mm. Okay, then we have a time for the black men to, you know, step up, do their part, and then it's crickets. Mm. So it's like, are y'all really for us or are y'all for what we can do for y'all? Like, let me know which one it is because it's like, I'm, I'm going to be out in the streets. I'm doing whatever it is. For the black men in my life, like, I'm the only girl in my family. So it's like my brothers mean everything to me. So it's like, I'm not even, I'm not, I'm not even thinking twice about, like, going hard for them and advocating for them and doing whatever it is for them. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not thinking twice about that. But I think it's just, like, perfect examples of just, like, black men, like, not knowing. Like, advi- like activists who are black women. And I think also just, and I think a small way that, that this kind of shows up is just, like, black men they're like oh yeah like we we love black women we really support them and and whenever they're like speaking about them it's like it's all very transactional it's like about what black women have done for them it's not ever like affirming who they are as people it's like wow yeah the black women in my life are so strong and they do this for me and they do this for me but it's like well who are they as people like can you name some good things about the women in your life besides like what they've done for you like can you like value us for what like who we are rather than what we can do because we do a lot and it's like yes y'all need to appreciate that but I think it's like not taking the time to be able to even identify like I don't know, things that don't benefit Mm -hmm. y'all. And so I think that's the most disheartening thing. Um, And also I think it's just a lot of like, okay, you say that you like love black women and for some people that looks like their moms and their people in their family. And when it comes to like hearing and seeing black women, like the way that people in other races like speak about black women and even in our own race like not like checking that 
Like, so if you hear someone talking badly about black women, like, I think you need to check that in mm. our absence mm. because I feel like a lot of that goes unchecked, which is why people feel so bold as to say things that they do to us a lot of the time mm. because it's like, oh, well, my boyfriend's black or, oh, well, one of my closest friends is black and they just get away with, like, speaking recklessly because it's, like, it's going unchecked. So then people feel as though they can, like, come to black women with, like, some type of pride of, like, yeah, like, your own men don't even like you, so, like, I can speak on this because a black man said this. And it's like, well, no, you can't. <laughs> like, you can't. So I feel like it's just a lot of, like, accountability in the sense of, like, we need y'all to show up, like, physically, but also emotionally, but also we need y'all, like, doing the work behind the scenes um, and also being able to, like, identify. Like, if you really appreciate someone, you can name things about them that don't have anything to do with you. And so I think it's just really, like, not being valued for who we are. Um, and so I think I just encourage people to kind of, like, think through that. And I don't know. And I think, I mean, you know me. I'm going to say counseling. <laughs> so I think it's just, like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's important. let me it's important. dash it in yes. there. It's like, okay, if you have a hard time with black women because of your mom okay go talk that out don't bring that to me i like and i feel like a lot of like for me it's like okay i love helping people like obviously i'm in the helping profession counselor of course so it's like people are coming to me of course but i feel like a lot of what happens to me which i know this is a lot of like my own doing and also my own personality but i think it's like black men like looking to me to like help heal them but it's like no i need y'all to like Get, no, it together get it together <laughs> go to counseling bring that out because i'm not your mom mm. like your mom wounds don't bring that to me mm. like love you but Ooh. like i can't raise you mm. so like this weird relationship you have with your mom that you haven't unpacked i'm gonna need you to unpack that because mm. it's very unfair to me so like put me in this place of like you're trying to like heal yourself and it's like well no like i need you to do that without me so i think it's just like remembering your boundaries whenever you're coming to black women it's like yes we are available like stace was saying it's like people are coming to us all the time because they know like we're gonna drop whatever it is but it's like i think knowing that we're willing to drop whatever it is like if you notice that we are compromising our boundaries in that way don't let us yeah i think that's the most loving thing that people can do um and do do for me in my life of just like they don't allow me to help um even when I'm willing to and they just kind of like allow me to just be and like take a break so yeah I think just like thinking through how we can like take a load off of us those are my thoughts yeah, good thoughts. She's, she's a counselor. Y'all. She might be a counselor. Two degrees. Two degrees hotter. It's fine. Oh man. But um, yeah, yeah. Thanks for sharing all that stuff, guys. Like, one, well, we really appreciate you guys being on here and talking your truth. Speak your truth, and you know, it has been extremely uh, informational, informational, educational. What am I just say? It's been really good for me. Um, I guess what is something that you just want people to know. It can be like anything, like, you know, about maybe um, combating a stereotype. It can be about combating assumption. It can be about um, just anything, anything. What is something you just want, to, just want the people to know about you, Kelly and Stacy? <laughs> and the thing is this, right? <laughs> you might have already touched on it, um, you know, sure. but why not, you know? A one-liner. one-liner, yeah. Black women have feelings. Amen. And that's what? Period poo? <laughs> period poo? Yeah. Period poo? It's like, okay, so like, sure, sure, okay. sure, sure, sure. Black women have feelings, okay? So it's like, yeah, my feelings get hurt. Mm. <laughs> this may come to a shock to some of y'all. Mm. Um, but yeah, my feelings do get hurt. I... I do get sad, but also black women are allowed to be angry. Mm. Don't try to calm us down because everyone else is allowed to be angry, mm. but we can't. <laughs> it's like, huh? <laughs> make that one make sense for me. I said everybody else gets to be angry, but I can't. Mm. Even when I'm warranted, I it's like you're being dramatic. Mm. So yeah, and it's like yeah, I can be 
happy i can be direct so it's like we can we can do both it's like i can still be a kind and caring person and be direct at the same time Mm. at the same time at the Mm. same time so i think it's just stop compartmentalizing us no we can do both Mm. drop the mic Beat that stay something. <laughs> and you, you know that I can't, so I gotta Yeah, I think I just am going to reiterate what Kelly said. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, um, literally just like understand that we are the same as literally you who is listening to this. Like mm. we have feelings, we have emotions, we can use our voice if we need to. We can suppress if we need to. We literally are humans um, and treat us like it. Don't just assume, like, come get to know us, ask questions. If you don't know what to expect, like, educate yourself a little bit more um, and just understand the society that we live in and just make sure that you're being aware and that you're just being active about getting to know and understand what black women are in this society. Mm. Mm. Dang. Yeah. I told so you good. I couldn't beat her. So good. So good. So good. Man. That was valuable. Well, as, as, as fantastic, um, you know, this conversation has been. Yeah, we got to wrap up here. But, man, again, guys, <laughs> Kelly Nicholas, Stacey yeah. Addo. <laughs> 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 Yeah, um, dang, that was good. And so usually what we do uh, at, to close the episode, we all like kind of say, you know, and I'm Garvin, and I'm Quincy, and y'all can be like, and I'm Stacey, and I'm Kelly, and then we kind of hit them with, um, what's it called? Share your story. Because no, no one, one can, can share it quite like, like you. Ooh, we sound so, we're about to act. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> share your story. Oh, yeah, that's right. So when the count of three, we're going to say, share your story, because no one can share it quite like you, and then let's go around and say, well, I'm Garvin, I'm this, I'm that, and we'll close like that. Look at the explaining on the podcast. Y'all can say it too. If you're out there, be like, share your story. You can also <laughs> tell yourself that. Share your story and mean it. Anyway, yeah. One, two, three. Share, share your story, because no one can share it quite like, like you. you. Woo! Woo! Well, until next time, I'm Garvin. And I'm Quincy. And I'm Stacy. I'm Kelly. And we'll see you later. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye, guys.